What is good, everybody? Welcome to Stats and Mags, as we're now calling it for now. On this Friday, I'm Rob Stats Carrera, and with me, as always, Michelle Majuk. What is up, Michelle? Hey, hey, I, uh, I'm happy today because Justin Fields had a second throwing session, and all of a sudden, people are starting to believe that the 49ers could possibly take Justin Fields. So I'm a happy camper. Yes, he is actually now, as we record this, the betting favorite to land with the 49ers at number three. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into how much leash Kyle Shanahan has now with his new quarterback. And their uh, win totals are out from Vegas. They just came out right before we sat down to record. So I want to ask you about that. But before we get started, I just want to remind you, as always, please rate, review, and subscribe. If you leave a comment, we will read it like this one from Merrill Music, who says, excellent perspective from excellent analysts and journalists. Levin, Rob, Nate, KP, Michelle, and Akash bring engaging energy to their weekly podcast. Don't take themselves too seriously and have a fun way of delivering the latest Niners news. A swear or two is expected, but they're definitely family friendly in their breakdown of everything Niners. It's been fun listening and getting to know this group. So there you go. And I think I have been very family friendly. I don't know if I've sworn yet. I didn't know that was even allowed. I don't think I've ever heard you swear. I We don't swear on our podcast. I actually swear a lot as a person, but somehow, <laughs> somehow once I get on podcasts, it just doesn't come out. I, I Yeah, I've been in doing radio for a long time, so I have a thing in my head about sitting behind a microphone, something in my brain, I don't usually swear, but this team also has a way of getting under my skin and sometimes they just come out. (laughs) Definitely during football games, uh, you don't want to be around me. I'm a psycho. (laughs) (laughs) That was definitely something my wife was not prepared for was watching me watch sports because I'm I'm either sitting in the exact same position for two hours because I don't want to move at all because the team's doing well or things are going (laughs) crazy and I'm like all over the room. Will you be like me and hold your bladder if they're winning? Like you can't ruin it. You like you, if you go to the bathroom, they're gonna start losing. <laughs> and it's all your fault. It's a hundred percent our fault. This is we're crazy. The first time Kate, my wife, saw me watch a Steelers game, she I thought she might break up with me afterwards. <laughs> We were dating for like six months. No, we got our butts kicked. It was that Thursday night game, uh, first game of the year against the Patriots. So it was like all that hype building up and the Patriots literally destroyed the Steelers like always. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, you're right. Because like it's one thing if things are going well, you could kind of hide your crazy a little bit. But when you're getting destroyed, it's hard because it it just comes out. It it does. And I'm not I'm not a fun person to be around when we're losing. (laughs) Okay, so you mentioned the Justin Fields second pro day. This just in, he's big, he's strong, he can throw it really far. What jumped out to you about the Fields pro day? So there wasn't too much tape available. I feel like he did everything he did in the first one. Like you you could see his accuracy, you can see he throws deep. I don't really know why he needed a second one besides to like get to talk with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Uh, and a couple other teams, but we did get to see the picture of Kyle Shanahan and Justin Fields smiling like they were in love. (laughs) Yeah, and I like how the gif of that was slow motion too, just, you know, as all great love stories are. This is the thing with the pro days, uh, because there's, but there was a development this week that I think is significant. And that development is that Trey Lance, we found out this week, has been working with John Beck, former quarterback, former quarterback for Kyle Shanahan's Washington football team, 
And that's important because Kyle and Beck are close. And I basically think that this is the biggest indication that the Niners are choosing between Fields and Lance. So they want Lance to work with John Beck so that Kyle basically has an apples to apples comparison because you can't do really private workouts with these guys, but Beck can work out with them as a quarterback coach. So then Kyle, I imagine, is just hitting up John Beck like every day. What's he doing? What's he like? What kind of study habits does he have? So that to me is the biggest sign yet that McCorkle Jones will not be on the 49ers. (laughs) I still think it's going to be Mac Jones. Like I really do. Um, Michael Lombardi reported that 98% of teams, which doesn't even make sense because you can't get to 98%, but 98% of NFL teams think that the 49ers will draft Mac Jones. It seems like every media person that has their connections believes it's going to be Mac Jones. Now we got Justin Fields to have a second pro day. So that's the latest bias. And you got to see them together. And then Trey Lance is going to have his on Monday. So he's going to be the last one before the draft. I don't really know what to take of it. Again, obviously I'm hoping it's Fields, but I still think at the end of the day, it's going to be Mac Jones. I think Fields is going to run a lot of 49ers stuff. Uh, I'm sorry, not Fields. Lance is going to run a lot of 49ers stuff on Monday because I think that, you know, it's beneficial for Kyle to see guys running his stuff. John Beck knows the 49ers stuff because he works with Jimmy Garoppolo and CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins. So he, he has pretty good knowledge of what the 49ers are going to do. And I think that that San Francisco is kind of taking advantage here and sort of using this as an opportunity to get as close to a private workout as you can possibly get. But regardless of who the pick is, Michelle, obviously whoever it is, they're going to have to play. And, you and I were talking before we recorded and you brought up like, look, the facts are the facts. Kyle Shanahan is 29 and 35 as a head coach. It has not been good for most of the time he's been there, save for that one season. So how much leash do you think Kyle Shanahan has now with this new quarterback? Yeah, that's the issue. What if this new quarterback comes in and they only win six games? Like how long are you giving him? I guess you have to think as a rookie quarterback, like, yeah, at the least have two years with him, right? Like, I don't know. I feel like you 49ers fans absolutely love Kyle Shanahan, which is fair when he has Jimmy Garoppolo there. Like, they win. Uh, he's brought you to the Super Bowl. But then the other years where he doesn't have Jimmy Garoppolo, it, it's been kind of a disaster. We saw Mike Tomlin without being, uh, Ben Roethlisberger at least, like, be competitive in a way. And we haven't seen that out of Kyle Shanahan. So what is your thought? Like, how long would you want to give him if they were bad again next year? So you're totally right about 49ers fans. And maybe we have rose-colored glasses because I don't want any other coach in the league than Kyle Shanahan. Like, I know that he's lost 10 games out of three out of four years. Like, I, I get it. I think he's amazing. I think he's the best coach they've had since probably George Seifert, which is going back a long, long time. And I know Harbaugh has a much better record. I think he is exactly what they need, but coaches don't always get long leashes with rookie quarterbacks. When the Titans drafted Marcus Mariota number two and the Bucks drafted Jameis Winston number one, it was the same year. They both fired their head coaches after that quarterback's rookie year. So it's, you don't really get a lot of honeymoon phase like you used to get. And I'm wondering, like, look at Justin Herbert last year was awesome, right? Like set rookie records, but he was six and nine as a starter. So if that happens with the 49ers, are people going to start to turn on Kyle Shanahan? I don't know. 
I think if if they have a quarterback who's that good, like Justin Herbert, and they do lose all those games, like that would be more worrisome than if you saw like, okay, he's a rookie quarterback, he's struggling, like we'll get to the next level. Because then it's like, okay, well, what's wrong with the team then? Like it's not the quarterback, it's either the team or the coach. So I think that would be more stressful for him. I think the biggest problem that could happen is if Mac Jones comes in and he just looks kind of like meh. And then Fields and Lance are going off in other places. Like, I, I, I think that would be the quickest way for him to lose his job. Yeah, those three players are all these quarterbacks, but especially those guys, whoever is available for the 49ers at their spot, are going to be tied together. You're right. That is a key evaluation point is not only can this guy play well, but how does he play compared to the other people that they didn't draft? What is your perspective on Shanahan as a non-49ers fan? Clearly, you know my feelings on him. What would you give him for for a timeline here, and what do you think of it? I would give him at least two years with this new quarterback. We like, like I said, he has a great record when Jimmy Garoppolo, his starting quarterback, is actually playing. The other quarterbacks he's had have been straight garbage, so I don't really blame that on him. He's built a good team around him. I feel like his players are all for him. I, I do think he's actually one of the top five coaches in the NFL so you have to give him at least a couple more years he's almost like that Jim uh Harbaugh not Jim sorry who's the other brother John Harbaugh John he's almost like John I feel like every year it's like ooh, could he be on the hot seat but it's like who are you going to find that's better if you do fire Kyle Shanahan after a bad season like who are you bringing in that's any better you're that's going to be a hard thing to find not to mention the fact that he just got a new contract and I don't think Jed York is going to want to be paying two head coaches. He already did that for a long time before Kyle got in. So that's definitely a factor as well. You mentioned to me before we started recording about offense versus defense. I think a lot of 49er fans think, hey, you get this quarterback, the offense around him is set. You got Debo, IU, Kittle, Mostert, all those guys. Like he, The quarterback is the missing piece on offense. But then there's the other side of that that says, hey, the defense was really good last year, even with a bunch of injuries. Where do you think, which side of the ball do you think the 49ers need to focus on in this draft? So when you're looking at the playoffs last year, the top nine teams in points per game all made the playoffs. 11 of the 14 teams that made it were in the top 14. And the Packers, Bills, and Bucks were all top three, and they all made the conference championship. And then the Chiefs were at six, so it's not like they're far behind. I do think the NFL right now is turning to an offense matters the most. Like, you need to have an average defense. Like, you can't have a terrible defense to go far in the playoffs, but you don't need a dominant one. Even though the Bucs last year, yes, they had a pretty solid defense, at least in the running game. Their, Their pass defense wasn't elite. It got better as the season went on. But they won the Super Bowl because of their offense, because of Tom Brady and all of his weapons that he had. I think that's where the 49ers need to focus on. I think right now they already have a pretty solid defense. Like when all the guys come back healthy, you have that solid base. Now make your offense elite. They're going to try to start that at the third overall pick, whoever that is. I do think almost in the second round, then you go grab another wide receiver. I'm like starting to come around to this. Uh, Or, or hear me out. I know you 49ers fans don't care about running backs and Kyle Shanahan doesn't care. Get one, like get a great one. If Javante Williams is sitting there in the second round, like just grab him because it's not fair to this rookie quarterback coming in to have to depend on Jeff Wilson or Raheem Mostert every three games because they keep getting hurt. That's going to happen. I mean, Raheem Mostert, I love him, but the dude is always banged up. 
Um, in the second round, I wouldn't be mad if they drafted a running back. I really think they need another receiver, uh, especially because after this year, Ayuk and Debo are the only guys under contract. So, like, just from that standpoint, you need another body. Uh, and I think that they need a slot guy. They need a Kendrick Bourne replacement. He left to go to New England. It doesn't need to be like a superstar, but you need a guy that has either elite quickness that can get open kind of like a Julian Edelman, Wes Welker type. I mean, Wes Welker is a wide receiver coach, so you'd think they'd be able to find someone. Or go the opposite way like they had with Bourne, a big guy in the slot that could be a red zone target, but they need to fill that area. So to me, if they're going to go offense in round two, I would rather go wide receiver than running back. That's fair. My biggest issue with the 49ers going wide receiver is I think there's going to be a, a big run on wide receivers in the first round at the top of the second. Like, all of the best guys are going to be off the board pretty early. And this class isn't full of those tall wide receivers. They're all short. They're all yeah. short little guys and skinny. Uh, and I don't think that's what the 49ers need. You already have like those uh, yard after catch guys. I think you need someone that can uh, make the defense honest and can get deep and be your deep threat. And I think that could be Diami Brown from uh, UNC. He reminds me of Mike Wallace so much. Without the elite speed, he's not slow in any way. He ran a 4-4. Like, that's fast. That's fast enough. He doesn't have the Mike Wallace elite 4-3 speed, but he that's exactly how he plays. He's that deep threat. He goes deep pretty much every play. Uh, he averaged 18.4 yards per target last year. Average up the target was 18.4. Wild. Wow. Yeah, and I, I think that'd be perfect for the 49ers offense. You have Debo and Ayuk who can get the yards after the catch. And then you have your deep player. Uh, I think that'd be perfect. You you could use another tight end maybe uh, behind George Kittle, play two tight end set, especially with Kittle getting injured often. I just don't know if I see anyone in the second round that would be a good fit for that that early. Kyle needs a deep threat. He It's something that he's always tried to have with the 49ers. First, they tried it with Marquise Goodwin. They thought he was going to be the guy. I think they thought Ayuk was going to be able to get open more deep when they took him. Now, Jimmy can't really throw deep, so that was an issue there. Vegas set the over-under for wide receivers in the first round at four and a half. That's the line DraftKings had. Where are you going on that over-under? I'm hitting the over. I think the top four shoe-ins, you have your Waddle, your Smith, your Chase, um, and then I, I think Ter- uh, Marshall, Terrace Marshall from LSU, like those four are going. And then I also think Kadarius Tony and Elijah Moore are pretty good locks to go. So that's six wide receivers right there. And we're not even bringing in Rashad Bateman or Rondell Moore, who could also go uh, in the top of the first round there. If you had 15 minutes before the first Elijah Moore reference, you win. <laughs> Yes, people don't believe Elijah Moore is going to be taken in the first round. I'm telling you, he's going to be a first-round draft pick in two weeks. Less than two weeks. Speaking of first-round draft picks, a report came out yesterday that I was absolutely stunned to read, and I don't know necessarily if I believe it. It involves the 49ers, and it involves an offer that supposedly they made earlier this offseason to the New York Jets. The 12th overall pick for Sam Darnold. So this is Cecil Lamy says that sources tell him the Jets turned down an offer for the 49ers for a first round pick for Sam Darnold earlier the offseason. Joe Douglas and company had concerned about Zach Wilson's shoulder and wanted to see his pro day. Now they're super confident, blah, 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 blah. 
this doesn't make sense to me, Michelle, because if the 49ers were willing to give up a first round pick for Sam Darnold, one, why the hell didn't the Jets immediately take that? But two, why didn't they trade for him later? Like he went for far less than a first round pick. So if the 49ers wanted him, why didn't they get him? This doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense whatsoever. I mean, it's so the Jets, right? So like nothing can be off the table when it comes to them. But how do you go from I can get the 12th overall pick to, oh, we'll take a fourth this year and a second next year that we have no idea what it will be. Like, come on. I I feel like I don't think someone would just report this to report it. Like they have to have some information, but it just doesn't make any sense. And like you said, why wouldn't they go back to the 49ers and say, hey, like, what do you want to get for them? Even if it is a second this year instead of they can't get the 12th anymore. It would still be better than a second next year. Yeah, the only thing I could think is that maybe it was next year's first round pick, which was a little less sure. Because if you're the Jets, how do you say, no, we don't want the second and the 12th overall pick this year because we really want Sam Darnold. Like that makes no sense to me. I agree. So I just I was really surprised that that came out because it doesn't seem to line up to me with how the 49ers value the quarterback position because I don't. They don't like turnovers, and that's what Darnold's best at. And if if they are honestly looking at Sam Darnold, that makes me more nervous that they're looking at Mac Jones because they're clearly looking at a guy that's not super mobile, and it's it, it would run in that kind of system uh, that he's Kyle Shanahan's already running. I think that's what we need to figure out here. Does Kyle Shanahan just want a guy that can do the Jimmy Garoppolo role better than him? Like hit the wide receiver short, let him do his work after the catch. If that's who you want it to be, like Mac Jones is good for that role. He had the second most passing yards on screen plays um, in the FBS last year, 591. When you're looking at Justin Fields, he was at 86 yards off screen plays, 86 <laughs> yards. That's it. Of his yards came off screen plays. Like he is that guy that is accurate deeper and he's going to be able to air it out. But that's not real, really Kyle Shanahan's system right now. So it's like, does he want to change it up to be a better and more consistent offense? <laughs> I think he does. I think he. I think he doesn't want to have to run screens and on all those like behind the line of scrimmage kind of drop passes. I think he did that out of necessity because he wanted to guarantee that his playmakers got the ball in space. And with Jimmy, you never know what the hell was going to happen. So Kyle adjusted. I think he was hiding the quarterback. And I think after last year, another year of frustration with injuries and inconsistent play, he just got tired of it. I wouldn't be stunned if after the year he kicked the door down in Jed York's office and said, I can't take this anymore. I know you're pissed that I've lost 10 games in three out of four years, but the last two seasons, my quarterback has played 16 games. I've gone to the Super Bowl. I'm done with this guy. We have to make a move to get a quarterback. And I want a guy that I don't have to hide anymore. Yeah. And that's what's even more confusing then about going to look at Sam Darnold because like he would drive you way more crazy than Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is a much better quarterback than Sam Darnold. And you'd be basically putting uh, a Nick Mullins back there again, except he would have way higher expectations. Yeah, and that's the other thing. If you're the Niners, why don't you try and trade Jimmy Garoppolo for Sam Darnold? You've got the offensive coach uh, in New York. I can't. Um, Mike Lafleur is the offensive coach for the Jets. He obviously knows Garoppolo. Like the 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 fact that a first round pick was supposedly offered, I just I can't believe it. This is the season of lying. I don't deny that that person was told that that offer was made. I just don't yeah. necessarily believe it. All right, let's and no matter what now in the third overall pick, you could just be happy that you did not get Sam Darnold. 
right? Like, yeah, I think I would rather have Mac Jones even than Sam Darnold. That's a good point. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, the win totals from the William Hill Sportsbook are out. We'll tell you what the 49ers is and as well as the rest of the NFC West and what Vegas is saying about that division. Welcome back to Stats and Mags. Okay, Michelle, this is like one of my favorite days of the whole year. Win total day. I love when the over-unders come out. It's like Christmas for me. Like there are a couple of days in the off season when the schedule comes out. I'm all about that. I love to go through it. Win, loss, win. Like I love it. And the win totals are out now from the William Hill Sportsbook. They are at 10 wins. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I Have you ever gone back to look to see how accurate they've been with preseason compared to where teams end up after? I have sometimes, not recently, but I do know that they didn't get the money for all those casinos in Vegas because they're wrong very often. I know, they're always spot on. How many times I do like the player props like mm-hmm. back in the day and it'd be like they have to score 29 points in basketball or 29 and a half and they score exactly 29 it's like how are they so spot on all of the time it's staggering uh just for context here kansas city has the most their win total is 12 followed by tampa bay at 11 and a half baltimore and green bay at 11 and then buffalo and the rams at 10 and a half so there are only six teams that have higher win totals than the 49ers, a team coming off, as we said, yet another 10-loss season. So they have the 49ers higher than the Steelers. Oh, yeah. Do you want to guess the Pittsburgh Steelers number? Why would it be low? I don't understand. Like, Mike Tomlin never loses. He never has a losing season. So if they have them having a losing season, that makes no sense. So I have to say it would be at least nine, nine nine and eight. Yep. Okay. Nine is the number. Nine. Yes. Uh, Pittsburgh, New England, Miami, and the Chargers are all at nine. Wow. Uh, they're high on the Chargers. Oh, I think the Chargers, I wouldn't be stunned if the Chargers were in the Super Bowl next year. I like it. I like it. I, I do like them as my sleeper playoff team for sure. I think Justin Herbert's going to put up a monster year. Uh, just I love for him. the, yes. I mean, how could you not? He's friggin' fantastic. Um, NFC West, as I mentioned, the Rams were at 10 and a half. 49ers are at 10. The Seattle Seahawks are at 10. And bringing up the rear, the Arizona Cardinals projected to lose more games than they win. They are at eight. And I think that's all fair. I, The Cardinals right now do not have a secondary. Like their corner, two starting corners last year are gone. They brought in Malcolm Butler. I know like their offense should be fine if James Conner can actually run the ball and like their wide receivers are great. Kyler Murray's great, but I, yeah, I wouldn't expect them to have over a 500 record. Uh, I, I do like the Rams taking the over. I think the Rams are going to be one of the best teams in the NFL. I could see them at 12 wins for sure. So I would take the over there. Uh, Seattle ooh, might go the under, but Russell Wilson's so good. Well, that's the interesting thing to me. What does it say to you? that Vegas looks at the Seahawks with Russell Wilson at quarterback and the 49ers with undetermined at quarterback. And they gave with them Russell Wilson 2.0. They're oh, going to have Russell that. Wilson 2.0. I love how like inconsistent I am. I keep saying like, they're going to draft Mac Jones, but I keep <laughs> acting like it's going to be Justin Fields. I understand for listeners. They're like, what are you doing? Uh, but I want them to draft Fields so bad. If they do, then that's how they're going to get their 10 wins. Cause they have their Russell Wilson. So I, I do want to know, like, it is very interesting that they have them at the same amount of wins. 
but do you feel like Seattle's going to be a competitive team next year um, with all of the pieces like they've lost and haven't brought in? They're always competitive because Russell is just that damn good as much as I hate to admit it. And I have told told Russell Wilson to his face that I hate his guts. <laughs> uh, but he's just that good. But their defense, like this goes to the point you made earlier, their defense is hideously bad. And I know that people think that they, you know, kind of rounded into form last season, the last seven games. But here are the quarterbacks they faced in those games. C.J. Beathard, Dwayne Haskins, Colt McCoy, Sam Darnold, John Wolford, Jared Goff, and Carson Wentz. So this just in, they faced a bunch of tomato cans down the stretch last year. That defense hasn't gotten any better throughout this whole offseason. So they're going to, they'll be competitive because Russ is there. But if you look at the team as a whole, the 49ers have a better team. Oh, 100%. And if they don't let Russell Wilson do his thing and let him throw the ball, they're going, they're not going to be a good team. And at the end of the year, that's what they went to. They went to the running game. They went to holding Russell Wilson back. And that's just not the way to win in today's NFL. I don't understand it. Their offense was on fire. And then they're like, you know what? No, we don't like you on fire. We want you to be worse. And you're never going to win in the playoffs with the ball outside of Russell Wilson's hands. He's your best player. Use him. It's not that hard. There are only two coaches that can stop Russell Wilson. One is Daryl Bevel. He's the offensive coordinator with the Jags now. And the other is Pete Carroll. And thank God for Pete, because I got to tell you, if somebody else was coaching the Seahawks, I think they would be a lot better. Oh, 100%. I, I don't get the mindset. Like Russell Wilson should have brought you to multiple NFC conference championships, multiple Super Bowls. Well, I guess it has been multiple Super Bowls, but it should even be more. But the way that they don't let him just cook, let Russ cook, it's I, I will never understand it. And when the 49ers have Justin Fields, they better let him do his thing. Like, don't take the ball out of his hands all the time. It doesn't make any sense. That's what I say. Whoever they draft, let him play, hit the gas, no training wheels. No gutter, no gutter uh, bumpers like they have in bowling. Just like let him go because, to be honest, I think you're going to need to because I agree with you on the Rams. I think the Rams are going to be really good. I don't know why people think that Sean McVay is going to win less with Matt Stafford, a quarterback, than he did with Jared Goff. Like, I think they're going to be a real problem for not just the Niners, but for everybody in the NFC. Yeah, and they did lose uh, a couple pieces on defense. So that could be worrisome. And they lost like all of their coaches. So I, I think that's where they could fall apart. But I do really like their overall roster and their offense with Cam Akers. And I really like Daryl Henderson as well. I think he's a undervalued running back. So with those two in the backfield, with Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, uh, Tyler Higby, who I think is also underrated as an actual NFL player, like those are great pieces. And like you said, I can't envision Sean McVay being worse with Matthew Stafford than he was with Jared Goff. Going to the 49ers... It's 10 wins, right? Do they have to like, is it 10 and a half or just 10? No, it's 10 flat. Okay. So we need to get 11 wins out of this to win. They have some pretty easy games. So they have the Texans. And at this moment, we're assuming Deshaun Watson probably will not be playing there. Uh, Then we have the Falcons. It's like, okay, they could have a better offense, but their defense is still going to be terrible. They have the Jaguars. Even with Trevor Lawrence, you would think that would be a win. Detroit Lions, you think that would be a win. The Bears is easily winnable. And then the Eagles, like that should be a win. So those are six games right there that should be wins. So you just need them to pull out five more against 
within their own division, whether that be the Cardinals or the Seahawks, you would think they would at least split those. That would bring them to eight. Right. Even if they lose both games to the Rams, then you just need them to win. I guess it does get tighter now. You need them to win against the Titans and the Vikings. And that still only brings them to 10. Oof. I might be going the under. See, you got to beat, you have to beat the Cardinals twice, which they've had trouble with the Cardinals. They've always beaten the Rams, but with Stafford there, that totally changes everything. So you don't know. So I would assume a split with the Rams, a split with the Seahawks. Yeah, you're going to have to get a couple of those to go your way. But like, as long as this quarterback is anything, I really think they're going to be in so many, even if he just doesn't turn the ball over, I think Kyle's offense is good enough to help them put up points on the board. Now, maybe it's a bunch of field goals. I don't know. But as long as he just doesn't turn it over. And that's the thing that I I feel like, I don't know if 49er fans understand. Like, we are at a major fork in the road. At one side of the fork is what we've seen. Inconsistent play at quarterback, turnovers, injuries. We We know how that movie ends. But the other side of the fork, Michelle, the other side <laughs> of the fork is – You know, Donovan McNabb with the Eagles going to four straight NFC championship games. Look at the landscape of the NFC right now. How many good young quarterbacks are in the NFC? Like two. Yeah. The the NFC is the way to be. Like, you don't want to be in the AFC right now. You want to be in the NFC. There's not, it's really the NFC West that's the scariest. So it kind of stinks that you're in there. But with seven teams making the playoffs now, like you don't have to have that strong of a record to get in. So if the rookie quarterback takes a second to get going, like you just have to probably win eight or nine games next year, uh, probably nine to get into the playoffs with the 17 games. And then once that quarterback gets more and more experience, like hopefully by the end of the season, that's when they start hitting. And we've seen rookie quarterbacks have success in the past. It's not like it's never been done. We've seen Wilson succeed immediately we've seen big ben so it's not all of the time but we see it happen patrick mahomes in his first year goes deep into the playoffs it can happen mark sanchez went to afc championship games two straight years his first two years in the league mark sanchez for god's sakes it can happen (laughs) people don't want to believe me but it can happen but in terms of the nfc there are there are no really good young quarterbacks outside of dak and if you want to throw kyler murray in there okay but Stafford, older, Wilson, older, Brady's ancient. The Saints, who knows what they're doing at quarterback? Sam Donald in Carolina, yippee. Not worried <laughs> about that at all. Kirk Cousins is on the wrong side of 30. Like there is no, you could run the NFC for a decade as long as you don't pick the bust at number three. A hundred percent. You're not worried about Andy Dolan at all? Like he can just yeah. kill it. He's going to kill no. it for the Bears. You can't trust those gingers, though. You never know. <laughs> but no, I do not worry about Andy Dalton. Even Aaron Rodgers, you're, brought, uh, you're getting closer to the end of having to deal with him in your conference. But he could, I could see him being that Tom Brady type that just like never quits. And you're like, please stop terrorizing me. Uh, I'm so happy to have Brady out of the AFC as a Steelers fan. <laughs> But Rodgers is going to host Jeopardy, so he's going to go retire. That's my uh, hope. Although I have to say the 49ers in the playoffs have had success against Aaron Rodgers. So maybe he's not the biggest obstacle for them. I don't know. But I just like that's where we are. We are at the precipice at this crossroads with this team. And like, please, please go the right way because I can't take more of this. Because if it doesn't work, Michelle, where are the 49ers headed? 
they're headed for a new coach, they're headed for a new GM, and they're headed for a new quarterback, and they don't have first-round picks the next two years. Like, it is a dark road if they screw this thing up. Your road is the Jets right now. Like, oh, they, they moved up for Sam Darnold, uh, and he did not work out, and they took him over Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. I know it. Lamar Jackson went a little bit later, so all the teams passed on him. But they did take him over Josh Allen, and that's kind of what you're looking at right now. You choose the wrong quarterback in a good class, and you're looking to be the Jets in a couple of years where you have a new coach, you're trying to get another quarterback, and you're just the worst team in the NFL. One more thing I wanted to mention because you said it earlier, and I, I forgot to circle back to it. We were talking about the schedule release, and that's one of the reasons why I'm so excited is because the order of these games matters, and it matters a lot. And you said it. If the 49ers have some of their easier games early, the game against Cincinnati, for example, obviously, I mean, Burrow's not bad, but that's one of the easier games on their schedule. If they have a couple lighter opponents early, give the rookie a chance to get his feet wet, get acclimated to the speed of the game, learn the offense a little more. That is going to be a huge factor in terms of how the team does because, you know, by the time you get to the end of the season, you're not exactly a rookie anymore. You've got experience, especially with the extra game. So the order of the games for the 49ers is going to have a lot to say about how their season turns out also. Oh, 100%. You want those that Texans game. Yes. You want, yeah, you want the Texans game, the Detroit game, the Cincy game earlier on in the year uh and then like if they start off with a lot of divisional games especially like if their first couple games are against the rams like that would worry me uh with such a young quarterback he can make do you think they keep jimmy garoppolo though for the beginning no. of the season you think nope. they're 100 getting rid of him right 100 percent. i think there's no chance jimmy is there to start the year they you don't trade up to number three to have this guy sit on the bench. That's not an ideal plan. And you can't have Jimmy as your backup quarterback because he gets hurt too often. And you don't want to go into a season like, hey, we need three really good quarterbacks because we can't trust our backup. Like that's that's not good. Plus, if the rookie does start and then struggles, people are going to be calling for Garoppolo. Half the locker room's going to want him. Like you have to get him out of town. Yeah, you don't want the Miami situation of last year where it was like you have two a starting, but then you don't know if he can win you a game. So then you put in Fitzpatrick and then he wins you a game and then half the locker room wants you to stick with Fitzpatrick even more than that. And then it just makes this awkward kind of leadership thing with the rookie. Like you need to get the veteran quarterback that's been starting for the team out of there if you want the rookie quarterback to have that leadership and confidence right away. And I don't like the idea of sort of having an escape hatch too, like in order to fully commit to the rookie, you got to sort of have no safety net, right? Like, I don't want Jimmy Garoppolo there because you need to find a way to make it work with this guy. And so he's there's only way to do that is to have him in there and play. And yeah, he's going to take his lumps like that. Everybody does. But you have to get through that if you're going to get to where you want to go. So Jimmy cannot be there. Plus, I think you can get something for him. I don't know what, what the compensation would be. Maybe it's only a third round pick, but I'd be happy with that. Yeah. I think third round is you don't have a third round right now. You have the later third from a comp pick, but you're missing your third round pick. So that would be, I think that's fair. Maybe a late second, uh, early third. I think that's fair compensation for him. And if you don't plan on having him anyways, like get him out of town, get something for him before he's worthless. And who knows? I mean, if he play, if he were to play again and then get hurt, then you can't move him. So there's just too yeah. many reasons to get rid of him that I don't think he's going to be on the team. And I think like Chicago, 
is still an interesting team. There were rumors of the Broncos being interested in Garoppolo, which I think the Broncos are going to make some sort of quarterback move, whether it's them trading up with the Falcons at four and trying to make a move there. I think they're going to do something, and maybe that is what the 49ers are waiting for, right? Let's say Denver tries to move up to four, but they can't. Another team jumps them or whatever. Then maybe Garoppolo is their backup plan, and that's sort of what the 49ers are waiting to see. You might be trading him in the draft. Like, wait till the second day, uh, see who didn't get their quarterback that first day, and then that's when you see Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded for a second or third round pick. I think that's kind of the way to go for them. Make a team, get to that desperate point, like, oh my goodness, we didn't get our guy, what are we going to do next year, and go get that second round pick. Or third. See, all they need, they just need to listen to us. That's, yeah, we know how exactly. to do it. Like, it's not hard. A hundred percent. I could be a GM and just uh, win Super Bowl after Super Bowl. It's easy, right? I mean, look, I have seen, I know some of the GMs and some of the head coaches that have won Super I mean, Barry Switzer won a damn Super Bowl, and that guy couldn't coach his way out of a paper bag. <laughs> so you just need a good quarterback and you can win. And I would draft Justin Fields, so I would win. There you go. See, it covers up a lot of stuff. By the way, how much fun, if the Niners take fields, how much fun is that game against the Jaguars going to be? Because it could be Trevor Lawrence against Justin Fields. Because I think Fields has a huge chip on his shoulder. Because I look at him and say, if I'm Justin Fields, I was the number two player coming out of high school in the country. Who was I behind? Trevor Lawrence. You play Trevor Lawrence in the college football playoff, and he beats you. And yep. then you come back the next year and you play him again. And what happens in that game? He gets crushed in the ribs. He's broken ribs, but he plays out of his mind and outplays Trevor Lawrence. And yet they get to the NFL draft and who's going to get picked first? Trevor Lawrence. Like I think Justin Fields has a huge chip on his shoulder and I would love to see that quarterback matchup. Cause I think he's going to go nuts. I think they would have to put that game in primetime and I would love it to be like the third week on the Thursday night primetime game. Give them two weeks to, Get a couple games under their belt and then put it as a Thursday night primetime game. I love them. That you sold me. Like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> we're running, we're running a football team. We're making Super Bowls. Now we're running television networks and we're doing the <laughs> schedule. Like, I would love that because, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's good for the league too to promote like an early rivalry with some young quarterbacks. Like, it has to be fields. It has to be fields. Uh, we only have what 13 more days and we'll know, we'll know our answer. Do you think it's starting to change? Do you think now that, cause I'm seeing some reporters like kind of backtracking and saying, well, maybe it's field. Benjamin Albright said all the buzz he was hearing now is that it's field. Do you think it's starting to change or do you think most guys are saying it's still meh? I don't know. It, the betting odds are very interesting to me that they've now gone to Justin Fields. He's minus 125. Mac Jones is plus 120. Still very, very close. But just a week ago, Fields had way different odds. He was like plus 500 or something like that. So that's interests me. I just don't know if it's just the second pro day that has the buzz going and seeing them together. It's like if that's changing it, like that shouldn't have changed Kyle Shanahan's mind whatsoever. I, I, I don't know. I'm still I'm getting closer and closer to saying it could be Fields like 30 percent, 30 percent Fields, 70 percent Mac. So you would put your money on Mac right now? I would, but I don't want to because I want it to be field, so I don't want to lose money. But I, if I had to bet, it would be Jones, and I hate it. <laughs> I actually saw Justin Fields is like plus 1,600 to be the second overall pick. And I just thought like that was such an interesting number that like 
it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Jets take Justin Fields number two. And for, for you know, 1600 bucks, if I throw it on 100, like I kind of was thinking about doing that. I know, but it seems like everyone has just sharpied in Zach Wilson. Like there's no question about it. It's going to be Zach Wilson. And they have no reason to hide what they're going to do like at sure. all uh, with Trevor Lawrence, 100% the first overall pick. Yeah, I suppose you're right. All right, you just saved me a hundred bucks. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Because if it is Justin Fields and you lost out on sixteen thousand dollars, I cannot be the one that has that guilt. So still do it if you want to, because maybe it could be Justin Fields. Who knows? Oh yeah, you'd be hearing from me for sure. I, yeah, I don't want that. I don't want that on me. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Again, we remind you, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network. As you heard, we do read the comments. Contrary to conventional internet wisdom, we appreciate you. Please keep it coming as we count down the days to the draft. And just a reminder, by the way, we are going to be alive on draft night. We are going to do a live draft show. Michelle, unfortunately, you have, you know, this whole other job with the NFL Network. So you're going to be a little busy, but you and I will get the first crack at it on Friday when we do our regular show. So you're still going to have a, a pretty early crack at the draft reaction. Oh, I am so excited for that show. Just two more weeks away. We will be either crying together, happy tears, <laughs> or sad tears. Hopefully they're happy. They're going to be happy. Enjoy it, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. <laughs>